Hello, welcome to First Time Parents. I'm Heidi and today is a little bit different. Griffo has actually kicked me out of the podcast and he sits down with first time dad, relationship coach and legend Tully O'Connor. He is back on the podcast for another round, but this time the boys have a lads chat and they talk about both of them not wanting to have another child. As part of mine and Griffo's um, relationship after having Memphis three and a half years on, we've been sitting down with a therapy coach and that's what season three has been about, like navigating parenthood with a toddler, deciding whether to have another child, learning how to communicate, talking about our sex life and just being super open, vulnerable, raw and real about where we're at as parents and getting the support on this podcast to not just help ourselves, but others as well. So today it's the boys, (laughs) Tully and Griffo sitting down to talk about being dads, how Tully navigated wanting to have another child after his first, he decided he didn't necessarily want another child and him talking to Griffo about this, I cannot wait to hear and get my own earballs around this episode. Before we jump into it, massive love to our sponsor. That's me. <laughs> if you haven't heard, I am currently sponsoring the podcast with my published book, Drunk on Confidence, Unapologetically Me from Lost and Anxious to Self Assured. So if you've been following this podcast the entire time, when you first press play on the season, when we started recording after a week after Memphis was born... I was a breakfast radio host doing TV, doing breakfast radio uh, in a capital city here in Perth. And Griffo was a FIFO worker, fly in, fly out and a sparky. And our whole lives have changed. And over the last few years, I've been writing my very first book and it was published at the end of last year. I am on my way to be a bestseller. And if you haven't read it, the feedback has been phenomenal. I would love for you to get around it. I've dropped Uh, the book where you can get it in the show notes. Uh, And if you want to actually a little sneak peek of me reading you the book, if you head to my website, the link is in show notes, you can hear the first three chapters. So it's also available on audiobook in all good bookstores online. If you're having trouble finding it, just drop into the show notes below or slide into my DMs at underscore Heidi Anderson. But if you want to listen and get a little sneak peek of the first three chapters, they are currently on my website. Thank you so much for listening to First Time Parents. Thank you for all of the love, the support, the guidance. And I can't wait to hear how the boys chat goes today with Tully and my hubby Griffo. Welcome, Tully. Good to have you on, mate. Thanks, my man. Looking forward to a chat. Yeah, definitely. So the hot topic is um, parenthood, I guess, and kids. Yeah, yeah, it's a doozy. <laughs> and um, we've got sort of quite similar stories. Uh, obviously, yours has got a, a bit of a twist to it, which we'll get to in a bit. But, yeah, I guess uh, tell us a bit about how, uh, I guess, maybe you and your, your wife met and, um, yeah, what, what made you decide to have a kid first and foremost? Yeah, yeah. So I... It was like we're just having a little chat before we hit record and like um and it was like it was something that I did always want to do. Like I knew for a long time I did want to have kids. Um but when I met Kat, she has always really, really wanted kids. And if yeah. I was up for it, she probably we would have been pregnant within three months of us being together. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? She was like, yeah. ready to go, let's yeah. go. I want to have lots of them. Like, and we she was young, like, you know, 20. Um right. Yeah. But she's the eldest of seven. 
she was at her younger sister's birth. Um, so she's always been around kids, looking after kids and all of that sort of thing. So for me and for us, it was this, um, yeah, I guess timing piece and alignment piece, like me just being okay with, okay, now doesn't feel like the right time, right, and being okay with that and have, being able to have the uncomfortable conversations because a woman who is wanting a baby, it's like that's a really visceral experience for them. Do you know what I mean? Like it runs deep and it's real and it's like um, there's a lot there. So balancing, you know, being really empathetic with that and then also like owning what was alive and true for me as well. And so, um, yeah, that took some navigating and it was, it was very much, we were always like pretty aligned, but it was, I was definitely, yeah, had to navigate, overcome some fears and some, am I ready? Are we financially set up? Because I was self-employed. Kat was doing like a little bit of casual work. I was sort of starting my business. So it was, there was, there were, there were unknowns in the picture for sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. And like you say, it's, um, I think you've got to get yourself in the headspace of, is this person the one I, I want to be with? But then that next step is like, that's a lifetime commitment, that kid. Whether you and your mm-hmm. mom stay together or not, you've got that kid till the day you die, you know, yep. so massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, it was never a matter of if, it was like a matter of when. And also balancing, I knew I was had the awareness that like there's never a perfect time. I was like, I'm probably never going to actually feel ready. Like, who feels ready for that kind of commitment? Like, you don't wake up and go, "Hey, yeah, you know what? I feel completely comfortable with the idea of completely transforming my life. Like, let's do it." Like, yeah. so I knew that magical moment wasn't coming, and it was almost like ready enough. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah, and for me, it was a personal thing around me and my business, and it was kind of like I just had this realization: like, I've always done what needed to be done. And we've always been okay. And I, I trust myself to do whatever needs to be done and we'll be okay kind of thing. I was just like, we'll be okay. You got um, just yeah. yeah, yeah, very much so. And um, and then to be honest, and I'll share, share this, like one of the harder things was Pat was uh, like, Kat was a vegan for all like, plant-based for like six years and for the last couple of years not overly conscious about it and so it was quite quite depleted like so energy wise and my backgrounds as a health professional and I just am interested in that so I had a real fear around can, can you would you be able to carry a baby yeah like physically yeah and so that's quite a hard was a hard conversation to have um, and that led to, uh, but that difficult conversation, me owning that and bringing that up, even though, she, you know, initially she didn't, wasn't taken very well. It's like, not great at all. Um, and once we move through it, as with all difficult conversations that aren't received well, initially, when it comes, when it comes from authenticity and comes from a place of truth and, as com- much compassion as possible, I think she knew that as well. Yeah. Because as, once I said that, then we got serious about baby prep. We're like, okay, what does it look like to get ready? Okay, let's commit the next six to nine months to physically getting ourselves healthy 
vibrant yeah. as much as we can on a physical front, on an emotional front, on a relationship front. Um, and then we had a bit of a plan that we both felt good about rather than like, let's just make a baby now, right? It was like, okay, if it doesn't feel right now, what's in the way of it feeling right rather than just like, hey, I'm not ready. Hey, I'm not ready. It's like, okay, what needs to happen for me to feel ready? And that yeah. was the conversation. And then we, we made a plan as a team for sort of, yeah, six months to move towards that. Yeah, that sounds uh, quite good advice, actually, because I think a lot of people do just go, fuck it, let's just jump on it, Let, let's just make it happen. Um, and then you're like, shit, we really didn't plan. And, and I get it to some what degree, you can't fully plan it. But I think, like you said, get yourself financially stable, uh, your relationship stable, and it's never going to be perfect. But I yes. think being conscious about that is, is pretty, pretty smart, you know, it's... Um, and, you know, just going, have we got the right house? Are we in a one-bedroom apartment? You know, those sorts of things. You've got to really think about quite a few things before just jumping straight in and I will work that out later, you know. it's You're an adult. Yeah. You're of this kid you want to bring into this world. You've got to be responsible. 100%. And it's like the question of, you know, when do you become a dad? Is it when you hold your baby? Is it when your partner's pregnant? Is it? And for me, my personal take on that question is like once we start making decisions for the baby, with the baby in mind, like that's the father in you making those decisions. And I feel like you're right. Like we don't just put it off and put off those decisions or that way of thinking until baby's there. It's like, no, nah, that starts before baby's even in the womb, right? In my opinion, that was my approach, each to their own, obviously. Yeah, it's funny you say that about the house thing because we did, we just got this like nice rental and then pretty much within days of cat being pregnant, we just something shifted and we were like, this isn't the house because we were going to home birth. And so we are like, oh, as soon as Kat said it, she's like, I can't really see myself birthing in this house. And I was like, shit, we're going to have to move again. And, and another hiccup. <laughs> yeah. And so we moved house at like 36 weeks or 35 weeks or something. Just what um, you, just what yeah, yeah, perfect. It was, it was great. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of our journey for, for baby number one and um, – yeah, navigating those conversations and decisions. And yeah, I think it's just coming back to the remembrance of we're on the same team because it's very easy when we might be on different pages to feel like we're on a different team and it's me versus you. Yeah. And reminding ourselves that, hey, hey, we're on the same team here. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to have different opinions. It's okay to have different disagreements. In fact, it's very healthy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it means two people are being honest a lot of the time. And so, yeah, just reminding ourselves that we're on the same team as much as possible. And it was still hard. It was still sticky. There were still tough conversations and things not perfectly said or articulated and all that. But um, I think, yeah, the, the real game changer was making that plan. I find some guys, I see them... They're like, they're not ready, but they're not willing to look at the reasons they're not ready and do that uncomfortable self-reflection. So they just put it off. Whereas it's like, okay, if you're not ready, that's completely fair enough. And what's in the way of you being ready? Like, Yeah. Is it that's, with your partner? Is yeah. it something that happened to that, you know, a traumatic event that triggers you of having kids or whatever? Yeah. Um, but, you know, like you said, they're all the things that you want to try and get your ducks in a row before D-Day. So you can kind of at least be somewhat prepared. You're never going to be 100% prepared, but 
it's all that groundwork that does make it somewhat easier. 100%. And like you said, you might be on different pages, but you want to be, you know, on, on, you know, in the same realms of each other and support one another. You can't agree on everything, but yeah. if you communicate, have that chat with them, and then you can hear where they're coming from, support that, and they can do the same for you. It does help to sort of, you know, grow as a couple and then eventually a family. So Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. So um, so you've got one kid now. How old is your... Uh, he was his third birthday, Rafi. It was Rafi. His, yeah, it was his third birthday yesterday, two days ago. Right. Two days ago. Yeah, right near Heidi. So, yeah, so our, and yeah. our boy, uh, three and a half, three and three quarters, so not too far off. And, not too uh, far. Yeah. Would you say the first three years have been easy? Oh, or? man, easy is probably not the word. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's been amazing. Like I have loved my experience of fatherhood. Um, Definitely came with its challenges. Um, And, yeah, for me, we were lucky slash really intentional about the way we stepped into parenthood. Like so we were set up. I had my own business. I had enough uh, stability in that business that I could have a really spacious um, time postpartum. We had a home birth. Um, so it was, it all, yeah, our introduction into parenthood and especially those first sort of six to nine months were incredible, right? And, and those can be wildly challenging for people, right? And so we were very, and we had challenges, of course, but we had a lot of good support. And overall, that was um, a really, like we have very fond memories of that time, which we're very, very, very grateful for. Um, and then, I would say the biggest challenge for me personally came around, how old was Rafi? Maybe like 18 months when, around when we moved over to Queensland. And that's when the relationship distance and disconnect really started to set in for me. And, and that's when I was having these thoughts around like, wow, I, like I don't feel like having another child right now. Like I don't feel like doing this again because I understand that when a child comes in, it's like there's going to be some separation in the relationship, like normal, natural, but we hadn't, we were always really good in terms of our teamwork, right? But like intimacy and time, it's almost like I couldn't feel who we were as a couple outside of the three of us, right? As a family unit, it was beautiful. We were thriving and all of that, but I found myself missing cat and I'm like, I couldn't see where that reconnect was going to happen because we like in that 18 month or two year period, we probably had maybe two or three times where we were alone away from Rafi for more than two or three hours. Yeah. Right. That's intense. Yeah. And so beautiful, lucky, like I got to work from home. Amazing. That's, there's a lot of upside for that level of closeness. It's almost like I was willing to make like, that sacrifice and then it got to a point where even though I was wanting to I couldn't deny the fact that I was yeah relational needs weren't being met um, on both sides and so it was like we need a, a game plan right we need we need to do something about this yeah and so yeah that that caused a lot of I had a lot of my own inner work to do a lot of codependencies to let go of what was i wanting from her that i could actually get in others yeah dove, dove into it was a really um transformational 
time for me that was sparked by that disconnect. And then it was like, just similar to the baby prep, it was like, cool, what, what needs to happen there? Do you know what yeah. I mean? It was like, this is how I'm actually feeling. It's not a projection at you, but um, I don't want another child. And that's weird for me because I know I do want to have another child. But right now in this moment, I'm not excited by that thought at all. And I don't, that's not how I want to feel when we move into the conception of our next child. So yeah. like, yeah. And then that got to, yeah, lots of honest, difficult conversations again. <laughs> and yeah. And then we got to, yeah, make a bit of a plan how we could start to come back together as a couple. That really resonates with me. And I'm sure it does with a lot of people, you know, um, I had a, a disconnect with uh, Memphis, our son, mm-hmm. uh, he, you know, was really about mum, which understandably, you know, she's the carer, she's the feeder, she does everything. Um, so it did probably take me up until probably a bit after he had his second birthday is when yep. I really started to feel a connection with him. And then probably the next year was a bit of a slower, bur- slowish burn, but we're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And like you said, off the back of that with uh, your partner, you just push all of that shit to the side. Well, I shouldn't call it shit, but that situation to the side. And you to- totally forget about it because you're so focused on this kid. And then meanwhile, you kind of got you and your buddy looking after this kid that you've made. <laughs> you've just lost everything of what you had. That's what it feels like. And you can't help feel but just, shit, is this it? Are we done? Uh, is there any way of coming back? Are we going to ever get back to where we were? That love, that connection, that bond that we used to have. And, um, yeah, it, it was a scary time, you know, and, you do have to put the hard work in. I think having a second kid will definitely be you know, a lot more prepared, but you still got to ride the wave as well. You know, it's uh, certainly not easy being a parent, um, mm. but you need to keep that bond. Um, yeah. Without that, it's hard to, you know, fulfill your bucket. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. And it's like, yeah, it, it is a season and it's so hard to see the forest through the trees when you're in it. You're like, freaking out like is like you say is this like what if it's like this forever and and it's to the point where like I was having thoughts about what would co-parenting look like like how does this end like where does this go and I was aware enough to be like whoa that's an interesting thought you know that combined with I don't really feel like a second baby I was like okay we need to look at this (laughs) because it's not like I believe that thought but the fact that that's popping up into my mind is like wowza I never thought I'd think that thought ever and it just came into my head. Yep. Yeah. And so I think, um, and I guarantee I'm not alone in that. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it's normalizing that. And it's a funny one because it's like wanting to normalize that disconnect or that transformation of intimacy that happens. And it's choosing to prioritize it to yep. some extent. Is it going to be hours of lovemaking and all of this stuff that maybe it was once upon a time? Maybe not, but it still deserves a seat at the table. And I feel like we got into our stickiest situations when I was like, oh, it doesn't even have a seat at the table anymore. Yeah. Right? I don't, I don't want to, it doesn't need to have the same seat it used to, nor should it, nor will it, nor, you know, we're going somewhere new here. We're not trying to recreate the old, but it's like, it still deserves a seat at the table. So in this season, in this now, for the next month, what does intimacy look like for us? Yep. And that conversation 
just like the money thing we were talking about before we hit record, it's important to be able to talk about the money stuff and all of that. The intimacy and the sex stuff needs a seat at the table as well. Like, where are we at? Like, that can be hard because there can be resentment there. There can be all kinds of stuff, right? But not talking about it, sure as shit, is not the solution. (laughs) And it's hard, you know, because you... I don't know if it's the way we say stuff when we bring it up that's an issue for you. It feels like it's always received in like a, a negative way and then, bang, you have your argument. You're already tired, fatigued from, you know, looking after your kid and like getting up and feeding them every few hours and then if you bring something up that, you know, really needs to be addressed and then your delivery is shit, then you get your yeah. partner and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that sort of drives that wedge even more because you're just like, oh, this just isn't right, it's not working. Yeah. But, you know, everyone's got their own things that they need to fulfill within life. And, you know, as you said, you've got to sacrifice some things, but, and you might not get that full satisfaction, but you still need to get a bit of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's 100%, it's very easy for that not to be received well. And I fully empathize with that. Like, I can imagine after breastfeeding, you know, they get touched out. It's like, it's so intense. And then to have, <laughs> your partner yeah. and be like i need something from you too physically yeah. Yeah. and intimately it's like i Don't. can imagine there's a big old fuck off just like waiting yeah. in there ready to come out and i i get it and that's where it's our responsibility as grown-ass humans to get better at communicating right to un- to, to, to like up level that area of our life because it just has to it just has to happen like so we can deliver it in a way that it is not coming with expectation or pressure or any of these things, and they can hear it in a way, right? So, like, we all get to do better at that um, because, like I say, uncommunicated, like not communicating about it isn't the way forward because we can communicate it in a way that doesn't add pressure or expectation. And yeah. I don't know about your experience, but for me, even if, say, the sex isn't there or the intimacy isn't there, knowing that there's still some desire there is almost enough. Hearing Kat say she thinks she wants to jump my bones even though she doesn't have the energy and it's not going to happen, but, like, she's thinking about it and that's, like, like do you know what I mean? Like, we can keep, yeah, like, that can fulfill it. That can be like, all right, that's nice to hear. Okay, that part of us is still alive, right? Even though it's it used to be a raging inferno and now it's just embers, it's just some coals, right? Yeah, vocal. (laughs) It's it's still... It's still um, a light to some extent. And, yeah, I think that's an important part of it because it's, it, it's very easy to go into the all or nothing and it's like, okay, I don't want to put any pressure on my partner, right? And that's awesome. And it gets to a point where that can be inauthentic as well. And I think that's where I got to at that like kind of 18-month mark. I was a bit like it became too much for me. I was like, ah, now I'm not even just, I'm not even being honest because I'm not wanting to put any pressure on. And I'm like, okay, that's, yeah, that's not serving her or me because there's this, yeah, resentment builds and and all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's, yeah, for me, it was like improving our capacity to communicate about hard things. If we don't prioritize intimacy and connection in our relationship and, 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 just prioritize our relationship in general, it's not going to thrive. It's not going to survive, right? And so that was the biggest thing for us was just the honesty of where I was at and then putting it all on the table, what comes up for you, like 
and, and we everything was on the table really early on, which made it easy to then understand where each other were coming from and then be solution focused after that. Whereas I feel like sometimes, especially as guys, we can be like, go to Mr. Fix It and go straight to the solution without really empathizing with where they're at. And that's when things can get missed. And so, yeah, th- those were, I think because I knew deep down, I, I did want another child. It wasn't a question mark. It was, a, okay, how do we get into the position where we feel good and where we feel, it's kind of like baby prep. Like it, it's funny, the first baby prep was really physical health. It was like, okay, cat wasn't very vital and she, like that was the focus. Whereas the second baby prep was relational. It's like, let's get our relationship to the point where we feel solid and we can handle going under the wave again of birth, postpartum. It's like mm-hmm. that shit's real. It's like, where are we at? Do you know what I mean? And that was the, the prep. That was, that was what we were like, okay, this is what we need to cultivate, a level of relational connection that we feel like, yep, we've got it. We can go under that wave again without just ending up even further apart. Yeah, so I guess uh, to wrap things up, how, how did you come to the conclusion that, you know what, we're going to have another kid and here we are? Yeah, yeah. It's like it, it was very natural. Like once we got that space and that time and that reconnection and even before then, just knowing that that was happening, it was like um, we were both on board the timeline once we put everything on the table because we thought we'll move to Queensland and we'll pretty much go straight into conception. And then that was when I was feeling everything I was sharing before. We had the conversation and Kat was kind of like, yeah, you know what? I don't actually feel ready at the moment either. And so that's like we, from that point, we were kind of like on the same page. And then, yeah, we had this month where we had a bit of extra support with Rafi, which meant our relationship got more TLC. And we, yeah, we came back to a stronger place than we've ever been. Um, And yeah, and then and then it just felt right and exciting. And, yeah, ever since we've opened up, like I think maybe three months after opening up to conceiving another child, we fell pregnant. Um, and, yeah, we're just both pumped. <laughs> yeah, and it's nice to have come together and not one sort of winning or losing because – I mean, that's the sort of not battle that I've got going on, but with me and Heidi, I'm I'm probably still in the tracks of where you were uh, mm-hmm. period, and um, Heidi's still keen. I mean, there's still a little bit of resistance because you know things are starting to get back to you know a little bit normal, and then you're like, oh, let's go throw another bomb in there and um, have another kid. Then you got the setback, but also as that ticking time of going, you don't want the kids to be too far apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, getting older, so there's a lot that plays on your head, but. Um, yeah, it's awesome that you guys spent that time together talking, communicating, and, and getting yourself to a space that you both are in agreement. That now's the time we both want a kid, and, and let's go for it. You know, and and here you are. Um, how many months in are you now? Twenty four weeks. I'm pretty sure twenty four, maybe even twenty five. But yeah, it's gone so fast. It's so different to the first one. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's flown, and I think. Yeah, and I've had mixed feedback and I'm very selective with the advice I take on. Um, But, yeah, like some are like, yeah, it's gnarly transitioning from one to two. 
And then I've also had others that were like, no, nah, it was way, it was easier. Um, and so, yeah, I think, yeah, I'm, as long as there's the space to come to that team point, like you say, and, and not having that win-lose, especially if it's been, you've been in the trenches for a while in the respective positions, it takes a really, <clears throat> I guess, high level of consciousness or um, humility to be like, oh, I've changed my mind, actually. And it's not because you won and you got the better of me and you twisted my arm, right? Like things have shifted for me and I'm still scared and that's okay. And I'm still worried that our intimacy is going to, and like that's all still there, but I back us in kind of thing. Like I, like this this feels right for the family unit or, or whatever. And it's like, um, yeah, having the like the I can the internal resistance to that, like you mentioned before, about like one person winning or whatever, I can see how that would pop up um, and impact things. Yeah, and you know, you, you both want to come together and do what's right for you and make the decision from no external influence. You know, because it's you two that are raising this. You know, this yeah, kid. that's awesome. That you guys got there, and yeah, twenty four weeks in, and um, you know, next time we'll see, it'll be bang. There's a yeah, kid. It will be one we'll year, be old, years old, and you're like, Jesus, where'd my life go? And then we'll oh, be oh man and 60s with these um, teenagers around us and adults and you're just thinking, Jesus, where does time go? Yeah. Yeah. One quote I heard before we became parents, I just started following some people and had friends that were having kids and the quote was, the, the days are long, the years are fast. And I'm like, that is pretty much parenthood in a sentence, right? It's like, it's the days are long, but then it's Rafi had his third birthday and I was like, oh, what happened there how did that happen three years like so it's i have no doubt things are just going to speed up even more with the second one um in the mix but yeah i'm pumped and um yeah not under the maybe not naive but i feel like there's this illusion that parenthood's just going to be amazing right and because it is and just like relationships are amazing in the honeymoon phase it's like we have this fantasy and we don't want to scare people and then like only talk about how hard it is. But I think like balancing that, it's like it's amazing and might be the hardest thing you ever do. <laughs> right? Yeah. The, the emotions are just so, I remember like the childbirth, the emotions are so. Oh, yeah. And then so terrifying and just seeing your partner in so much pain. I just don't know how you can literally feel those two things at once, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we get through it. We we dig deep and uh, support one another to yeah get by. But yeah, no, man, that's it. I hope uh, yourself and Cat have uh, a lovely pregnancy and obviously Thanks, my man, baby mate. And um, yeah, look forward to seeing. Do you know the sex or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. We're not we're not sharing the sex, but we we did find out. Um, yeah, I, and we, we found out for Rafi too. I don't know if you guys did, but for me, it definitely helped with the bonding pre-birth. Um, so, yeah, we were pretty excited to to find out. No, we, we didn't, and that's because of Heidi. She didn't want to. And yep. I said, yep. for nine months, you can have that one. I'll let you have that one. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, honestly, from the bottom of our hearts, uh, I wish you all the best. And, uh, Thanks, have- my man. Appreciate it. All right, mate. Appreciate the chat, Tully. Chat soon. He did pretty well, didn't he? Griffo sitting down to be an interviewer on his own. Ah, oh, 
<laughs> a sparky taking over the airwaves. Oh, I love today. We're going to dive into both of our chats next week on the podcast. Uh, so if you haven't heard, I sat down with a mum, Kirsten, who is grieving the fact that she's not having a second child. And Grufo sat down with Tully, who has decided to have baby number two. <sighs> so much to debrief. <laughs> if you want to hear our therapy sessions in full, you can check out the link below. We are inviting you into those. We are giving you a front row seat with James Fish Gill as we navigate parenthood with a toddler and deciding whether we're going to have another child. So if you are loving this podcast and you are taking so much out of it like us, we would ask for you to please rate and review wherever you listen. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back next week. Bye.